and turn to the book of Genesis, please. Look at chapter 18 here. Chapter 18 of Genesis. I'll read a couple of scriptures here for you. And then we'll jump into the message. In chapter 18, we see this man, Abraham, and he's obviously with Sarah, but the, then they're also with Lot at this point. Lot is part of the, somewhat of what I would say, the family. Then we move into chapter 19 of Genesis, and we run into now the separation of Abraham and Lot, uh, their cattle, their possessions, everything. They were so blessed. Lot was very wealthy. Uh, Abraham, very wealthy, or Abram. And so they're, they're, they're butting heads with the, the herdsmen, are butting heads, and they're, they're running into problems with getting along with that. And so Abram calls and meets with Lot and says, you know, we're just, we're so large together. You, you choose whichever side, whichever way you want to go. It's, it's a pretty familiar story to us. And, and so Abraham gives Lot first choice of what he would like. Uh, choose whichever way. If you go this way, I'll go that way. And, uh, but let's, you know, let's don't butt heads. Let's just, let's just separate. Uh, we're both large, wealthy men. And so it's just the separation was a necessity that, that Abram saw was possibly turning into something that was going to be strife between he and Lot. And so he averted that, and he gave Lot his choice. As we know, Lot chose to go to Sodom, the well-watered plains of Sodom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the the story here for us to glean truth from for our lives, our futures. And I pray, God, that it be very valuable and profitable to us tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you avert, look at verse number 11 in chapter 19, we recently, oh, I'm going to, I say recently, but it's been a few months ago, we were studying the book of Genesis in Sunday school. And we cross this story, of course, in the going through the, the Bible and the book of Genesis. And we found how that uh, the Abram was, God had considered Abram. He was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he looked at Abram and he, he decided that he would, he, he just loved Abram and he, he wanted him to know about it. He thought he would tell him. And so he tells Abram what is, is coming and that's where we come into the passage of kind of uh, he's offering a deals to the Lord. If there was 50 righteous, would you spare the city? And the Lord says, of course, I, I, would, I would spare it for 50. For 45, would you spare the city if there was 45? And as you know, we get all the way down to 10 righteous. And so Abram, I, I would assume, thought to himself, surely, you know, he's got his family. There's got to be 10 people right in this city. It's a massive city. It's a, it's a successful city. A city that is filled with the wickedness, how be it. And so we find that he comes all the way down to 10. And as you know, there was not 10 righteous in the city. Let's look at verse number 11. What has happened to this point? The angels have come. Two men appear to be angels. And they've come there and Lot 
sees them and takes them into his home. And they, they said, well, just, we'll just stay out in the streets. We don't, we don't need to come in your home. And he says, no, well, you, you need to come into my home. Lot knows what goes on at night in Sodom. So no, you can come into my house. The story continues in the men of the city. It literally, all the men of the city come outside his home and demand that he send out these two men. We know that the, what they were up to was absolutely no good. This is a city that, as we know, is the name of Sodom, from which we find the word that we know of when we speak of Sodomites. And so when we think of these, this city, we know it is a city that is just completely filled with just absolute um, debauchery and wickedness, lasciviousness. And the Lord is telling him that this, you've got to get out of this city. And these two men have come, they've come into the home and they've, the men of the city have surrounded it. The two, the two men that have come in, obviously, I say obviously, but they're angels. And so they step out and they smite all the men with blindness. That does not stop the men. They continue in their blindness to try to break into the home and find the door and break into the home. As you know, Lot steps out. And I would tell you, Lot, I don't think he necessarily got this, but we look back in Abram's life and we remember how Abram would offer his own wife as his sister. He would tell, I believe, Abimelech that the sister, take, take my sister so he would protect his own life. And I don't know if maybe Lot was watching that because now he comes out and he offers these men, this just wicked men, his two daughters, to which they turned that down. The two angels come to the door. One of them reaches out and he grabs Lot and he pulls him in for his safety's sake because these men are going to attack him. They said, we'll do far worse to you if you don't give us these two men. We have a city here that is just filled with absolute horrific wickedness. So much so that they came before the face of God and God now has sent the angels and the angels' assignment, the men that are there, the angels, but they appear to be men, is to get Lot and his family out of here. Lot goes to his two daughters who are married. Sons-in-laws mock him, or believe he's mocking. He's just a joke. And so they make small of it and light of it. Of course, it, he's not able to convince his, his daughters to go with him, comes back to the house. The two angels are there. The time has come. Lot chose where he wanted to go. He chose Sodom. He chose it was such a lovely place to live. And I, I would tell you that I imagine a man of this great wealth, they had a lovely home. I'm sure his flocks were just flourishing because this was an ideal spot for them to be. Everything is going great, you might say, from the standpoint of everything as far as they would have wanted a nice home, money, all the things that they, they, they would have been able to afford anything they desired in this city. And this is a, a probably no doubt a city that would be a place that, you know, in our vernacular had plenty of restaurants and entertainment and all things that go, going on, but a city that was just filled with absolute wickedness. We see as, as these men are trying to get his wife and his two daughters that are with him, convince them to leave the home. Finally, we find that he reached, they literally, they take one of the, one of the men takes the two daughters, the other man grabs Lot by the hand, grabs wife by the hand, and take him out of the house. As 
so we know they they take them out and I was thinking about this story and the concept of Lot the Bible says in verse 17 of chapter number 19 and it came to pass when they had brought them forth that he said escape for thy life these are the men the angels escape for thy life look not behind thee look not behind thee neither stay thou in all the plain escape to the mountain lest thou be consumed escape for thy life look not behind thee look not behind thee the song says I've decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back you know the story well I'm, I have no doubt he tells them to escape for their life and off they go and we, we see it initially that the angels are taking them just physically pulling them out I'm sure there was no problem for them they would have a, no doubt extraordinary strength these are angels and so just taking them out in my mind's eye I'm trying to visualize how all this is happening folks and I'm just visualizing as they're dragged out of their own home then they're told don't look back in our vernacular run for your lives don't look back and so we have these now it doesn't tell us when but at some point we realize that these angels are no longer with them and they're fleeing the city don't look back don't look behind thee they go forward I'm visualizing as they're going forward I would tell you that I believe that they are perhaps walking or moving as quickly as they can can you imagine in your mind's eye imagine what is going on behind them you've got fire and brimstone that is falling from heaven this city is going to be completely completely destroyed I mean when you think of the concept of like just a nuclear bomb that just wiped out everything that's what's going on fire and brimstone is falling from heaven you're moving you've got you've got your two daughters you got your wife and your lot and can you imagine as you're leaving this place and this is happening can you imagine the screams and the yelling and the just the utter chaos of this large city the noise that is coming out of that city from people that are just being just absolutely killed just I'm just just a slaughter of, of some sort but not by sword by fire and brimstone from heaven just can you imagine the heat and the screaming the weeping the wailing and you're moving as probably as fast as you can but your lot you've got two girls you got your wife and you're moving away from this city and, and and you can feel perhaps the heat can you imagine the heat that's coming from this place and you're moving as fast as you can and I don't I don't know if lot gets in front of the family if he's got him by the hand what it is but somewhere along the line he doesn't have his wife RJ he can't look back where's she at I don't know if they maybe got away from the city and he felt like they were far enough and maybe he, he, he turns and looks and he sees his girls and, and girls where's your mom 
He couldn't look back, remember? He could not look back. Where's your mom? Where'd she go? All this chaos that's going on, and now finally they found a place that they feel like is perhaps where they're safe. But no mom's there. And lots, lot, no doubt, perhaps didn't even know when, at what point, when did she, when, what happened to her? And so perhaps he, they, they feel comfortable and they go, they, they go back and they, they can see way off in a distance perhaps something that's like a form of a person but not a person. Can you imagine the inner chaos that's going on in this man's heart and life, the daughters, what they've, what they've heard from people screaming and yelling, and now they're running, but even when Lot realizes that she's not there, he's just, Tyler, he's just hoping that she's back there somewhere, right? But she's not. Now his wife is gone, and we know according to the scriptures that she was turned. She did indeed turn around and turn into a pillar of salt. Folks, this is a real event. This is not something that's just a random Bible story. This happened. Can you imagine the stench and the smells and everything that's coming out? I mean, you're talking burnt flesh. All these people have just been scorched. And the smells and the, and the things that they were experiencing as they perhaps are seeing the smoke rise from this city knowing, where's mom? Perhaps go back and find her and find the pillar of salt, realizing that's her. She turned around, and this is what's left of your mother, girls. What a tragic story as we see this man as he moves forward in life with his two girls and just the worst possible things happen to him. Ladies and gentlemen, he gets drunken twice. You know, you're not going to find too much good in alcohol. You're going to find a lot of bad things happen when people get drunk. He goes all the way back to Noah, doesn't it? You go right back to the very beginning after the flood, and you just you don't find anything good about this thing, alcohol. This lady that perhaps was looking back maybe to see her home, maybe they had a beautiful home, I would assume they probably did, very wealthy. Perhaps look back to see if the home was still standing, what was going on, perhaps wondering about her, her two daughters as she feels the heat on her back, wondering about her two daughters and their husbands and what's, what, certainly they're dead, they're gone. What a tragic incident to take place in the life of anyone. As we see this family go forward, it's really the last thing that you hear, even though this man Lot is mentioned in, in the book of Hebrews. Talks about this righteous man, his soul was vexed by living in this city of such debauchery that his soul was vexed. Not so much that he didn't get his family out. They were comfortable. They had made their life there. That was their home. And now he is stuck with this. And now he's lost his wife. His two daughters, of course, get their father drunken. And just the worst things happen from there to... to uh, two nations that come out of that that are always the enemies of Israel. Don't turn back. The one statement that stands out to me in this, escape for thy life, look not behind thee. Look not 
behind me. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you were, like myself, you had the privilege of being raised in a Christian home. And you didn't really have to suffer with the, the obvious sins of this world. You were, you were in church, you perhaps grew up here at Gospel Light. I was the, my first Sunday alive, I was in church. My dad was the pastor, right? So I, I was in church. And I've been in church all my life. Many of you could say the same thing tonight. You've been in church most of your life, some of you, and many of you all of your life. Many kids that grew up in church turned back. Many. Tyler, I don't know if we get 50%. They say 60% of our children are, are lost to this world. I hope it's not nearly that high. But if we had 50% of our children that were lost to this world, if that, if that, if that, I don't want to say if that's all, but if, if it was 50% of our children that are what, they've, they, they've turned back, they, they came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they trusted him, perhaps as a child, perhaps as a teenager, but they trusted Christ as their Savior. But maybe the young adulthood or perhaps after they're married, but at some point in time, they look back, they turn back, they lost their way. And their lives were forever transformed, as in this lady's life. Of course, in her case, she was, she was killed. But ladies and gentlemen, there's never a good time to ever turn away from the Lord Jesus Christ and go backwards. There's never a time for that. Here's this couple. Everything was going their way. But they let the kids go into the world. And, and then very difficult to, to, to keep yourself out of the world. And perhaps mama's in the world. And is it, you know, involved with the kids, perhaps as most mothers and mothers-in-laws would be, and so much in love with their children, but yet slid herself away. Children turned back long before, perhaps. Young people, children, listen to me. There's never a time to turn back. There's nothing good ever going to come out of turning back, turning away from Christ. The best life that can ever be had, the life that is lived for the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, pastor, what if that happens to be a hard life? It's still the best life ever. You're not going to go through life without hardships. I don't care whether you're saved or lost. You're going to go through some hardships in life. Hardships will come. They may come worse if you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I really don't know. You might have more hardships than average. But you're never without hope. This family is now without, they've lost all hope. They've lost their mother. Everything, everything they cherished is gone. His other daughters are dead. His sons-in-laws are dead. And here's just a hopeless man, just marching a frame of a man. And not only that, the future for his entire family is just absolutely the worst possible scenario of, of creating two nations, the enemies of the nation he's from, Israel. And a man that followed and knew Christ and would have understood the gospel because of Abraham. And Abraham, of course, the man that started the whole thing and believed in God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And here's this lot, knows all these things, and yet loses his wife, honestly loses his daughters and loses his own life, turning back. There's never a good time to turn back, church. If you've known Christ 
perhaps through your life, that does not insulate you from turning back. It does not. You can still be drawn away, young people and children. Listen to me. You can be drawn away. Don't ever turn back. What does turning back reveal about this lady? First of all, she was disobedient. It was a direct. It wasn't like she didn't understand who these men were. She knew they were as angels of the Lord. She knew the power they had. She saw it. She knew they were angels from God. Yet she and disobeyed what they said. Don't turn around. Escape your life. Look not behind thee. We see her unbelief that anything perhaps would happen to her. Unbelief will, will take you down. You just you stop thinking, you know what, the stuff that the preacher says, the stuff that the Bible says, you know, that stuff's really not probably going to happen to me. Look at all these other people. It doesn't Things don't happen to them. Bad things don't happen to them. Good things are happening to them. You know, this is just random stuff. And indeed, hardships come in many, many lives of Christians. But her unbelief, disobedience and unbelief, and then worst of all, she was in bondage to the world. She couldn't turn away from it. That was her life now. That was, that was where everything was wrapped up, was in that city. That's who she became. Lot, it wasn't just a poor decision to go to Sodom. It was something that was going to literally bring your family to an end, bring your life to an end. And everything, all the blessings that you were enjoying, Lot, if you had to do it over again, you would have said, Abraham, you can have all the sheep. Let's just make them all yours. It's God's blessing on you anyway. Let me just stay close to you. Let me stay with you. I, I, I don't want to take my stuff and go that way. I want to stay with you. You're a blessed man. You're a godly man. And, and I know that you know God. I'm staying with you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going somewhere else. We, we can we can sell sell my sheep. Let's 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 get smaller herds, whatever it is. But I'm not leaving you. This is the place where God is blessing, and I'm not going to leave you. Young people, adults, things are always going to come into our lives that perhaps Satan brings them, perhaps just opportunities. But be very careful about leaving a place where you know God is blessing your life. And where you know the blessing of God is, and you know this where the truth of God is. Be careful about just leaving that place. Young people, you're going to make a lot of decisions in life, and you're going to go, Lord willing, to Bible college or some kind of education. Don't, don't, don't leave God behind. Don't leave all the things that you've known behind. Don't, don't be enamored by, by things of this world and turn, and turn and look at those and think, man, you know what? I, I think I want to play that, play that worldly game for a while. I mean, how, how bad can it be, Pastor Joel? I mean, a lot of, a lot of kids have done that, and they've come back. You just never know. The song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Don't turn back from our Lord. There will be battles in your life. This woman, disobedience, her unbelief, and her bondage to the world. She kept turning. She wanted to turn back to the world again and see it. The outcome, of course, was it cost her her life. Don't get attached to these temporal things that we have. She turned around. I have no doubt they were wealthy and had a beautiful home and had everything you could desire in their era. A city that probably had a lot to offer. They invested in the temporal. 
They should have stayed with the eternal, the blessings that Abraham was receiving from God, but instead they ran for the temporal, and it was very, very temporary. It cost them everything. It cost them everything. It's never a good time to turn back. Tonight, some of you didn't grow in Christian homes. And you may feel like, and you might be right, I really don't know. But in some sense, you may have a bigger target on your back. Satan knows a lot of the Christian kids that have grown up. They haven't, they haven't tasted some of the things. They haven't experienced some of the things. And they, they're, they're a little oblivious to some of the things of this world. Stay that way, kids. Stay that way. But maybe Satan's got a little bigger target on your back because he thinks he can get at you through maybe the old paths, the old ways. Don't give him that chance. Don't give him that chance. Don't turn back. Don't, don't look back. Stay focused on going forward for Jesus Christ. She just perhaps turned around to look back at the times and remember what they were. She was disobedient. And of course, the plight that came upon her ended everything for her life. Reaffirmed tonight, I have decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. We've had a great day today. We've had so many, many blessings of late. Just the Lord's been so good to us. But what a, what a wonderful day of just uh, young ladies this morning. What a blessing that was to hear them sing and the guys tonight what a blessing the Claytons are always a great blessing I love to hear you guys sing it's just a blessing don't turn away from the blessings stay focused on those don't turn aside don't look away don't turn back stay, stay decided from your, from your commitment there's nothing back there it's nothing but Sodom it's nothing but debauchery. It's nothing but heathenism in our world today. The life that you've been given growing up in church is the best life you can ever have. And I would just challenge you tonight, parents, don't ever grow discouraged with your children. Feel like, oh, sometimes you just feel like giving up pastor just so they don't seem to get it. Just hang in there. Just hang in there. A lot of kids have been a little longer getting it than other kids. And sometimes those are the ones we never know who God's going to use the most. We never know. But stay faithful. Don't grow weary, parents. Don't be discouraged. Don't think, boy, pastor, we got so much going on at church, I'm just tired. As my pastor used to say, that's what the bed's for. Get some sleep tonight. <laughs> I get remember him saying that. Well, that's what the bed, that's what the bed's for. Go, go, to, go home and go to bed. And uh, so you're weary tonight, just go to bed, all right? And uh, what a blessing this church is to so many, so many today that you've blessed. You're weary, but don't be discouraged. There's more days for us to serve the Lord, but let's just stay focused. I was seeing this story, and I just began to, Try just. I was just living this nightmare. I don't know why I've never done it before with this story, but I was just living this nightmare of what was going on here. I realized these are not just stories; these were real things that happened in these people's lives. She just turned back. 
She never not to come. She never got to go forward again. That was the end. Let's all stand together.